Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. Good morning, good morning. It looks like this video is just a bit choppy this morning. It might be the uh, internet being weak, I don't know, but it's good to be with you. Um, The world is going a little crazy and the church is going crazy, but it is our Lord's church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It will stand uh, till the end of time and into all eternity. So we need not fear. We are his. We are, if we are Catholic, we are in the church our Lord established. And um, he will lead it into all truth to the end of time. But through the years and through the centuries, he sure has allowed. um, Hold on a minute now. Um, Hello, are you there? All right, but the video went off. All right, I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, somehow we were disconnected. Um, so let me, oh, I can't even do this. Um, all right, I'm going to, uh, um, I, I think we have to take a break for a moment. Um, uh, can you put up a little placard and music and we'll be right back. We had a um, technical failure here. We'll be right back.
Hi, beloved. I don't know what happened, but everything just went off, and it's back on again. Blessed be God. So um, I was in the middle of saying uh, that there's so much going on in the world, in the church, and the enemy is working overtime to destroy all of God's people and all of his work left and right uh, 24-7. And so... um, uh, I've been, uh, of course, the focus has been, above all things, on the Holy Father's um, recent recent motu proprio, canceling the motu proprio uh, Samorum Pontificum of Benedict XVI. Um, and I did say the other day that I took it as an act of violence against the church and the sheep, and that I said it was not of God. Uh, there's no way that motu proprio is of God. I keep reading the headlines in the news, and this morning on LifeSite News, there was an article on the a Sanskrit in India mass being approved by the Holy See. That is approved, and there's an icon of Our Lady not holding the child Jesus, but holding a baby elephant with a crown on his head. It's insane. That's approved. But the Latin Mass, um, the Mass of the Ages, that it's so-called, the Tridentine Mass, the Mass Pride of Vatican II, uh, is being um, uh, squashed. So it's, uh, there's no logic in this. There are reasons. Uh, they are the enemy's reasons, beloved. And um, there are a number of articles that we could read But I think most trustworthy is that of Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, who was is um, prefect emeritus of the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith, Um, and he. This is his response to it uh, two days ago. He says the intention with this motu proprio uh, titled Traditionis Custodis which means guardians of the tradition, guardians of tradition well the, the guardian of tradition has just pretty much put a knife in it uh, the Pope's intention with this, with his motu proprio, tra- traditionis custodis, is to secure or restore the unity of the church. That's what the Holy Father has said. The proposed means for this is the total unification of the Roman Rite in the form of the Missal of Pope Paul VI, including its subsequent variations. Therefore, the celebration of Mass in the extraordinary form of the Roman Rite as introduced by Pope Benedict XVI with Samorum Pontificum in 2007 on the basis of the Missal that existed from Pius V in the year 1570 to John XXIII in 1962, that Missal has been drastically restricted. The clear intent, this is Cardinal Mueller, The clear intent is to condemn the extraordinary form to extinction in the long run. I absolutely agree that that is the Holy Father's intent. In his letter to the bishops of the whole world, which accompanies the motu proprio, Pope Francis tries to explain the motives that have caused him, as the bearer of the supreme authority of the Church, to limit the liturgy in the extraordinary form. Beyond the presentation of his subjective reactions, however, 
a stringent and logically comprehensible theological argumentation would also have been appropriate. For papal authority does not consist in superficially demanding from the faithful mere obedience, that is, a formal submission of the will, but much more essentially in enabling the faithful also to be convinced with consent of the mind. As St. Paul, uh, courteous towards his often quite unruly Corinthians said, quote, in the church, I would rather speak five words with my mind so as to instruct others also than 10,000 words in tongues, end quote. This dichotomy, Cardinal Mueller continues, this dichotomy between good intention and poor execution always arises where the objections of competent employees are perceived as an obstruction of their superiors' intentions and which are therefore not even offered. As welcome as the references to Vatican II may be, care must be taken to ensure that the Council's statements are used precisely and in context. The quotation from St. Augustine, this is in the Holy Father's Motu Proprio, the quotation from St. Augustine about membership in the church, quote, according to the body and according to the heart, end quote, it's taken from Lumen Gentium 14, that quote refers to the full church membership of the Catholic faith. It consists in the visible incorporation into the body of Christ, creedal, sacramental, ecclesial, hierarchical communion, as well as the union of the heart, that is, in the Holy Spirit. What this means, however, is not obedience to the Pope and the bishops in the discipline of the sacraments, but sanctifying grace, which fully involves us in the invisible church as communion with the triune God. So that's a quote truly taken out of context. For the unity in the confession of the revealed faith and the celebration of the mysteries of grace in the seven sacraments by no means require sterile sterile uniformity in the external liturgical form as if the church were like one of the international hotel chains with their homogenous design. The unity of believers with one another is rooted in unity in God through faith, hope, and love, and has nothing to do with uniformity in appearance, the lockstep of a military formation, or the groupthink of the big tech age. Beloved, we're going to continue with Cardinal Mueller's uh, response to Traditionis Custodis when we come back from the break. And at the second break, we'll take your calls, your texts, and your emails. And so you have the number ahead of time. The toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483, or you may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of a uh, an article, a response from Cardinal Gerhard Mueller um, on the uh, Holy Father's motu proprio, um, uh, limiting the Latin Mass at, on the way to, Cardinal Mueller believes, totally abolishing it. Um, it is a very, very, very sorrowful document. It's a very poor document. Um, and has caused enormous confusion and deep, deep sorrow. And I thought Cardinal Mueller's response would be the best one to read. Um, in in uh, Among the many good articles there have been, because he is uh, Prefect Emeritus of the um, Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. Um, I'm going to continue here. Even after the Council of Trent... Um, Hold on. And I want you to know that I'm reading this article from thecatholicthing.org. That's Dr. Robert Royal. I, I recommend this website to you wholeheartedly. Thecatholicthing.org. I'll continue with uh, Cardinal Mueller's uh, article. Even after the Council of Trent, there always was a certain diversity, musical, celebratory, regional, in the liturgical organization of the Masses. The intention of Pope Pius V 
and that's back in 1570, was not to suppress the variety of rights, R-I-T-E-S, but rather to curb the abuses that had led to a devastating lack of understanding among the Protestant reformers regarding the substance of the sacrifice of the Mass, its sacrificial character and real presence. In the Missal of Paul VI, um, ritualistic, that is rubristic, homogenization is broken up precisely in order to overcome a mechanical execution in favor of an inner and outer active participation of all believers in their respective languages and cultures. The unity of the Latin rite, however, should be preserved through the same basic liturgical structure and the precise orientation of the translations to the Latin original. The Roman Church must not pass on its responsibility for unity in cult to the bishops' conferences. Responsibility for unity in cult, that means worship, to the bishops' conferences. Rome must oversee translation of the normative texts of the Missal of Paul VI and even of the biblical texts that might obscure the contents of the faith. Presumptions that one may improve the verb domini, um, uh, pro multus, that is, uh, for many, um, he's giving an example of that, um, uh, contradict the truth of the faith and the unity of the church much more than celebrating Mass according to the Missal of John the Twenty-Third. The key to a Catholic understanding of the liturgy lies in the insight that the substance of the sacraments is given to the church as a visible sign and means of the invisible grace by virtue of divine law, but that it is up to the apostolic see and in accordance with the law to the bishops in order um, to order the external form of the liturgy insofar as it is not already has not already existed since apostolic times. Excuse me. The provisions of Traditionis Custodis are of. Sneezes always come in two or three. The provisions of Traditionis Custodis are of a disciplinary, not dogmatic nature, and can be modified again by any future pope. Naturally, the pope, in his concern for the unity of the church in the revealed faith, is to be fully supported when the celebration of Holy Mass, according to the Missal of 1962, is an expression of resistance to the authority of Vatican II, which is to say, when the doctrine of the faith and the Church's ethics are relativized or even denied in the liturgical and pastoral order. In Traditionis Custodis, the Pope rightly insists on the unconditional recognition of Vatican II. Nobody can call himself a Catholic who either wants to go back behind Vatican II or any other council recognized by the Pope as the time of the true church or wants 
I'm sorry, let me let me start that again. Nobody can call himself a Catholic who either wants to go back behind Vatican II or any other council recognized by the Pope as the time of the true church or wants to leave that church behind as an intermediate step toward a new church. One may measure Pope Francis's will to return to unity, um, the deplored so-called traditionalist, that is, those who oppose the Missal of Paul VI, against the degree of his determination to put an end to the innumerable progressivist abuses of the liturgy renewed in accordance with Vatican II that are tantamount to blasphemy. Excuse me. I'm probably reading this too quickly for you to get the whole thing, but you can go to thecatholicthing.org, thecatholicthing.org, and find this. Cardinal Gerhard's Mueller response to the Holy Father's recent motu proprio. The paganization, listen to this, the paganization of the Catholic liturgy, which is in its essence nothing other than the worship of of the one and triune God. In other words, the Catholic liturgy is in its essence nothing other than the worship of the one and triune God. But the paganization of that liturgy through the um, myth of nature, uh, the idolatry of environment and climate, as well as the Pachamama spectacle were rather counterproductive for the restoration and renewal of a dignified and orthodox liturgy reflective of the fullness of the Catholic faith. One bishop said that the Pachamama debacle or debacle was the worst form of idolatry since the golden calf in the Old Testament. Cardinal Mueller continues, nobody can turn a blind eye to the fact that even those priests and lay people who celebrate Mass according to the order of the Missal St. Paul VI, that's the Novus Ordo, are now being widely decried as traditional. The teaching, traditionalist, the teachings of Vatican II on the uniqueness of redemption in Christ, the full realization of the Church of Christ in the Catholic Church, the inner essence of the Catholic liturgy as adoration of God and mediation of grace, revelation and its presence in scripture and apostolic tradition, the infallibility of the magisterium, the primacy of the Pope, the sacramentality of the church, the dignity of the priesthood, the holiness and indissolubility of marriage, all these are being heretically denied in in open contradiction to Vatican II by a majority of German bishops and lay functionaries, even if disguised under pastoral phrases. And despite all the apparent enthusiasm they express for Pope Francis, they are flatly denying the authority conferred on him by Christ as the successor of Peter. The Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith's document about the impossibility of legitimizing same-sex and extramarital sexual contacts through a blessing is ridiculed by German, and not only German, bishops. Bishops, priests, and theologians as merely the opinion of underqualified curial officials. Here we have a threat to the unity of the church in revealed faith, reminiscent of the size of the Protestant secession from Rome in the 16th century. 
given the disproportion between the relatively modest response to the massive attacks on the unity of the church in the German quote-unquote synodal way, as well as in other pseudo-reforms, and the harsh disciplining of the old ritual minority, the image of the misguided fire brigade comes to mind, which instead of saving the blazing house, instead first saves the small barn next to it. All this to say that the Holy Father is approving, allowing, at the very least, allowing tremendous heresy and apostasy going on in the church and um, abominations all over the place. I mentioned at the beginning the article in LifeSite News Today Online that speaks about the approved Sanskrit mass in India and there's an icon of Our Lady and not holding her child, the child Jesus, but holding a baby elephant with a crown on him. It's insane. It's blasphemy. And none of that is being come against. The German church, uh, the church in Germany uh, has been disobedient and uh, clearly has stated their heresy um, for a long time now. Nothing is done. But the I, this is my comment now. The healthiest and most fastest growing uh, faithful group of sheep within the church uh, are those who who are attending the Latin Mass, the traditional Tridentine Masses, it's so-called. It's what young people are flocking to, what the Holy Father has called them rigid. They're flocking to it because they have found true worship and true beauty, and that's what they're drawn to. That's what God has made our hearts for, and that is the one being attacked and being shut down. Cardinal Mueller continues, without the slightest empathy, one ignores the religious feelings of the often young participants in the masses, according to the Missal of John 23rd, the 1962 Missal. Instead of appreciating the smell of the sheep, those are the Pope's words, you should have the smell of the sheep on you. Cardinal Mueller says, instead of appreciating the smell of the sheep, the shepherd here, that's the Holy Father, hits them hard with his crook. It also seems simply unjust to abolish celebrations of the old rite just because it attracts some problematic people. What deserves special attention in Traditionis Custodis is the use of the axiom lex orande lex credendi, that is, the rule of prayer is the rule of faith. This phrase appears first in the anti-Pelagian um, Indiculus, that is, against superstitions and paganism, which spoke about the sacraments of priestly prayers handed down by the apostles to be celebrated uniformly all over the world and in the entire Catholic Church so that the rule of prayer is the rule of faith. This refers to the substance of the sacraments in signs and words, but not the liturgical rite, of which there were several with different variants in the patristic era. One cannot simply declare the latest missal to be the only valid norm of the Catholic faith without distinguishing between the part that is unchangeable by virtue of divine institution and the parts that are subject to, sh- to change. That's from Sanco, um, Sacrosanctum Concilium 21. 
the changing liturgical rites do not represent a different faith, but rather testify to the one and the same apostolic faith of the church in its different expressions. We need to stop there, beloved. We'll come back right after this break. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Despite what some in public office say, abortion is not health care. In fact, this destructive and violent act does not even deserve the name medical procedure. After all, a medical procedure is supposed to help the body to do what it is trying to do, but is having trouble doing. Abortion is just the opposite. It stops the body from doing what it is supposed to do. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we're going to hold off reading the, the rest of Cardinal Mueller's uh, response to uh, the Holy Father's motu proprio traditionis custodis um, until tomorrow. We'll read the rest. If you want to go through the whole thing or even reread, reread what I quickly ran over, uh, just go to thecatholicthing.com. Thecatholicthing.com. It's Dr. Robert Royal, who is very trustworthy and many wonderful writers on that website. Um, foremost, Dr. Gerald, not Father, not Dr. Father Gerald Murray, who is an outstanding canon uh, lawyer, canonist. Um, so again, our lines are wide open. Feel free to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email from Melissa. 
which we began yesterday, we could only get halfway through it, two, two heavy paragraphs, um, and I promised that I would open with that today. So Melissa writes, Dearest Mother Miriam, you've been a great consolation in this age of the church. I look to you for guidance to hear our Lord in my heart. Um, Uh, sorry, as many of your children have expressed, I am also deeply confused as to how to handle the immoral decisions and lifestyles of those close to me. I keep hearkening to the scriptures, although not sure which book they are from, about how if you are in close relationship with someone like a family member and you know they are gravely sinning, then we have a responsibility to admonish the behavior or else the blood is on us too. I feel possibly correctly that as I learn the truth about what is happening in the church and in the world, that I have a responsibility to be the messenger to bring that to others. I have heard you say to others that at this point, everything is available to all and we should just keep our peace and not labor the belabor the issue, and I said yesterday, I, I don't know what you're referring to. I, I don't recall giving that message out. Um, and Melissa says I'm paraphrasing. I might be incorrectly understanding you. Internally, she continues. I feel that I should send articles or videos to my family who have altogether betrayed Christ. They are listening to fake news and mainstream sources and not places that are doing actual science, research, and investigations. How do I reconcile my duty, as I feel it is, to share the truth and not be silent? I feel silence has gotten us into the predicament and don't want um, to per- perpetuate it. That's where we ended yesterday. And let me just comment again that far. Um if your family has utterly betrayed Christ, I don't believe that they're going to be um, reverted or converted um, necessarily by sending them books and videos and all of that. It might just turn them further away. Um, we need to show that they care. We need to show that we care about them, um, not simply they're having the right information. You know, the scripture says we love because God first loved us. And that's the only thing that can help other people. If they're sure you're more interested in them than in your correct response to the faith. They need to know you love them and truly care. And I suggested yesterday, if you are within traveling distance, get on a plane, get in a car, do what you need to do and go see them and speak to them about how uh, how distressed you are uh, about things going on in the church and the world and the and the direction they're taking and just say you know I know you don't agree with me uh, I'm not your teacher uh, you're my teacher maybe but I beg you to listen to me uh, and and if you make that that trip you know they might if they know that you really care for them uh, Melissa goes on to say, I've learned from saints that sometimes our desires for good deeds can be coming from pride. So we must test it or check it to make sure it's truly for and from Christ. That's right, Melissa. And I said yesterday, the best way to evangelize, the best way to bring any truth to you, especially to your family, sometimes the hardest group uh, to witness to, 
is to uh, take the position of a beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. It's the most beautiful definition of evangelism I've ever heard. We are beggars telling other beggars where to get bread. You know, and if a homeless man on the street finds a whole stash of bread, uh, he's going to run to the homeless people on his block and say, come on, come on, there's a whole bunch of bread, you could have it. He's, he's not going to keep it to himself, and um, and they'll believe him. So, Melissa um, continues, am I thinking I can do more than the Holy Ghost? I know we must love him more than our own mothers and fathers, but this is painful to watch. How do I brush off my sandals in regards to my own parents and siblings? You do not. You do not brush off your sandals. Jesus said, I, I came to separate the family and husband and mother and father and children and all of that. And, and he, he doesn't want us to be separated. He invented the family. But the idea is that we must follow our faith, even if it separates families, because it will. It will. And we cannot have our personal relationships and attachments keep us from Christ. Um, but that doesn't mean that you, um, uh, how do you say, brush off your sandals uh, in regard to your family. No, you're going to you speak to them as well as you can. And the opportunities you have, again, with the heart of a beggar uh, to another beggar. Uh, no beggar is going to say you're, you're to another beggar on the street. I made this myself. If you were a more professional beggar, you would be able to get bread. No, no, no. A beggar found bread. And that's, he's speaking, he wants to give it to other beggars. If you have a heart like that, you'll have a heart of humility that won't turn people away. Um, brush off your sandals. Absolutely not. You can, even if they continue to reject, you can continue to pray and offer sacrifices for them. Melissa said is also unsettling and takes my peace. How do we check this internal sense to speak the truth in courage, not continue to be silent and be knights for Christ, but not do it from pride to be right or controlling. It's simply that what I said earlier, it's you are a beggar. You have nothing you haven't received. You have achieved nothing on your own. You are not worthy of what you have. You are simply a beggar whom God has graced with faith. And if you speak to other people that way, there'll be no control. There'll be no um, uh, manipulation, uh, nothing, no pride. You'll simply speak out of love. And then Melissa says, or... um, Or are we all imitations of Christ who couldn't teach anyone in his own town? No, I mean, you're you're taking these too far. Um, Just, and, and she ends by saying, maybe I should meditate on Christ weeping over Jerusalem like chicks a hen was trying to gather, but they would not come. She signs at your spiritual child, Melissa. Melissa, no, don't go to all those places. Know that you have been blessed by God with faith. It's a gift. You don't have it on your own. If you keep believing, it's a gift that God continues in your life. If you live the faith, you have the grace from God to live the faith. You cannot judge the heart of anyone else. But if you're the only one in the family who believes, you need to reach out to your family. 
Again, how did God reach out to us? He became one of us. He walked alongside of us. He lived our life. And then we could begin to see his life, how different it was, and begin to be drawn to him. Um, Melissa ends by saying, would you please reconsider teaching us the catechism, even if it's just one day a week? I did not get the faith as a child in Catholic school, and your words for each lesson were just perfect to help me on my journey to know and understand my the faith. Well, um, a few people have, have asked that. Maybe we'll, we'll go back uh, to the catechism, and maybe if we do that just a couple of days a week, we can take in other subjects as well. So um, thanks, Melissa. I think I'll very strongly consider that. Uh, we have a call from Rocco in Toronto. Hi, Rocco. Hello. 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 Hi, dear one. Hi. How are you? I'm still walking the earth. How are you? I'm with you. I'm walking the earth, too. Blessed be God. <laughs> I, I I don't know if you remember, I called you back in December, and you were telling me that your, your parents are bur- buried in uh, uh, Toronto. They are, and I Rocco. And I, I, I was telling I, you... I do remember, huh? Go ahead. Yeah, I was telling you about the uh, the evil trinity that, that Satan was creating. Yeah. You, you remember that? Yep, I do. Um, um, also, uh, I want to let you know that uh, Canada has made isolation camps for uh, people that don't take the vaccine. Well, I call it the mark of the beast. I don't know. Do you, do you think the vaccine is the mark of the beast? I can't say that if it's I've said before, if it's not the mark of the beast, it's certainly training wheels for the mark of the beast. And, you know, the scriptures talk about uh, mark on our forehead, I think, maybe our right hand. I don't know. But I saw an article yesterday. Look on LifeSite News that they're already talking about putting a chip in the brain and people are already experimenting with it. So it's the whole thing is insane. But I cannot say it's the mark of the beast, although who knows? I can't say it's not either. What do you mean isolation tents for those who are not vaccinated? Well, isolation camps, camps. They no, uh, Oh, yeah, camps. What do you uh, mean? Well, for example, here's my question. Let's say I live in my home with my family and we refuse the vaccination. Are we allowed to continue living in our home? Well, that, that's uh, what I was going to get at. Uh, our gover- our uh, prime minister says he wants everybody uh, vaccinated. He doesn't mm-hmm. care if they got to go door to door, to door okay? just like the Nazis uh, right. did with the Jews. Right. And, uh, you know, when you... When you think, you know, we got to go by our, our Lord's warning, you know, man will call evil good, good evil. Uh, we cannot buy or sell without the mark. Okay, it is derived from murdered babies. It changes your DNA. Changes. I know, what I'm God with you. Created. Yep, yep, so, yep. You know, like when you put one and one together, and we always got to go by, by God's warnings of these days, and uh, we cannot buy or sell. That's a big that's right. flag right there. and. And this is a, something that's pushed on the whole world because God, I think God's given us our last test, whether or not we're going to be obedient to him or we're going to be obedient to the evil world. And, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, they, they've, they've created the, uh, these things uh, 
for for us to go into because uh, well, they, let me ask you this Rocco already... I know I'm interrupting you because I I I personally need clarity on what you're saying so if if they knock on our door and we have a family and we refuse the vaccine and and they say well then you can't buy or sell or do anything of that and we say we understand that goodbye um will they take us from our home and put us in the camps how do we how do we get into the camps? And build them to collect dust, right? <laughs> they, so they they're going to take the police. Uh, that, uh, yeah, they'll come. They're, they're yeah. going to probably do like the Nazis. Come right. at eleven mm-hmm. o'clock, twelve, twelve midnight. Yeah. You know, I believe the, it. When the sheep are the sheep are all asleep, that yeah. way they don't cause uh, distress on the public. Mm-hmm. And then you know, sooner or later, you'll, you'll hear people being missing, right? Yeah, I know it, Rocco. The amount of evil is is just, um, it's a blanket, it's dark, it's total evil, Rocco, and your call is a good one. We need to be, no fear, no fear. We won't do the right thing. We won't think rightly if we have fear. Um, don't be afraid. I am with you, Jesus said, till the end of the age. Let him direct what happens to each one of us. And let's not take anything into our own hands. Rocco, my dear brother, God bless you. And um, there's the music for our break. So um, was there anything else on your heart, Rocco? We'll be right back after the break. If the cares and anxieties of life are weighing you down, come to the St. Thomas More House of Prayer and allow the Lord to refresh your soul. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center devoted to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. You'll find a tranquil atmosphere that's ideal for deep prayer, whether as an individual or for a group retreat. We're located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. Make your reservation today or learn more at liturgyofthehours.org. You can also call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and our lines are wide open if you wish to call in still. Toll-free 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Debbie. Debbie says, hello, I recently discovered your show and find it interesting and a refreshing change of pace. The honesty and depth of the answers and the diversity of topics covered is amazing. Um, um, Thanks, Debbie. And then Debbie says, I'm not Catholic, but have a question that I hope will not offend you. Debbie, sweetheart, you, you cannot offend me. It's impossible to offend me. I said before, faith is a gift. Whatever I believe is not of my own making. I can't be offended. It's a gift. And so she says it's about the Virgin Mary. From things I've read and from Catholic friends, I know that she is venerated and holds a place unique in your church. Absolutely. This is not the case in my religion. So I am trying to find out if there are any books, lectures, or such that might explain this in a manner a non-Catholic might grasp. Thank you. Um, Mary, dear one, I would suggest you go to catholic.com catholic.com do two things they have a little search box right on top just type in mary that's it and you'll get tons of things just type in mary and you'll get tons of things on all the doctrines including mary perpetual virginity and her being the mother of god all of that the second thing you could do is click on shop s-h-o-p and it's and then click on apologetics alley on the left hand menu and then when it comes up there's a little search box and type in mary and you will not believe what you get um it just tons and tons on mary and uh just tremendous and so you can um click on whatever looks um most helpful to you according to whatever your religious background is um they're all outstanding i i was full-time with catholic answers for nine years and i i would not hesitate um to refer you to anything they have produced um even they have a radio show uh daily monday through friday um you can click on anything you could hear audio there's dvd sets um uh, audio sets, uh, books, tracks, so much. So that's your library for Mary, um, catholic.com. God bless you, dear Debbie. And if you have a um, um, particular question about Mary, about a particular doctrine, um, let me know. Give us a call or write write an email on it. Um, you're very right that you that she's venerated. She's not worshipped, but she's venerated, and she does hold a place unique in in not just the Catholic Church, but in the world. Uh, Jesus is the Messiah of the world, and she's his mother, and ours. Um, so um, I'm I'm just very excited for you to begin to to learn the treasure that God has given us in Mary. 
We have an email from Kathy. Kathy writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. I'm currently experiencing a very difficult time. My 22-year-old son moved out and is currently living with his girlfriend. My almost 24-year-old daughter informed me last week that she is planning on moving in with her boyfriend. I feel like a failure as a parent. I have raised them Catholic, attending weekly Mass. Where did I go wrong? Um, If I just stop there, there's no way I can tell you uh, where you went wrong. Um, Because you say you've raised them Catholic, attending weekly Mass. Raising children Catholic attending weekly mass doesn't necessarily mean that they believe the faith. I don't know the degree to which you've taught them the faith, the degree to which it was lived at home, Kathy, so there's no way I could say. Um, Kathy continues, I was completely blown away when my daughter texted me her plans. I was so hurt. I thought that our relationship was close. She has been dating this man for eight months and her character has changed. She is not the same girl from a year ago. She only appears happy when she is in his presence. I've told her that I do not support her plan to move in with him and that cohabitation is wrong. She assured me that they would have separate rooms, to which I responded that I was not gullible. I told her that my job as a parent is to protect her. I am so upset with the situation that I feel sick to my stomach. I feel like I am losing her. Well, you are. And um, it's not the point of your being gullible. Um, uh, it's not, and, and to say to her cohabitation is wrong, well, you're right, but uh, it can't be what you think. It can't be your opinion. It can't be your faith. It can't be what you believe against what she believes or doesn't believe. The subject needs to be God. You need to say, sweetheart, a relationship between a man and woman outside of marriage is, is absolutely sinful and will put both of you on the road to hell. And you cannot say that you care for this man if you would endanger his eternity in that way. Um, let me see now. Um, Kathy continues, last night she told me that they looked at an apartment which is available now. I'm so scared for her. I need strength and a miracle that she will change her mind, will stay at home until she is ready for marriage to the right man. I would appreciate any suggestions. I feel so alone and lost. I'm even finding it difficult to pray, Kathy. Kathy, you need to not be afraid to be truthful with your daughter. Um... You're scared for her now. It's a little late to be scared for her. She's been dating this man that you don't approve of for eight months. It's a little late, sweetheart, but it's never too late to to tell the truth. Um, she's very vulnerable with this man, and I would speak to her and talk to her about God's morality. And she, if she says, but we have separate bedrooms, I'll say, well, you have separate bedrooms. Does that mean you will never uh, have sexual intimacy is that what that means you could have separate bedrooms and still have intimacy um do you care about his soul uh oh i love him very much mother then why would you also put him on the road to hell well i'm not i'm just well you are and what if we are what if we're innocent well you're not innocent if you're taking an apartment together because you will cause scandal and you will cause temptation for one another which is sinful to cause someone else temptation. So whatever you do, it's wrong, 
And if you fall asleep um, and don't wake up in the morning, your eternity is in hell. You need to tell her this truthfully. You need to not be afraid. Um, And you need to apologize to her for first saying these things to her when she's 24. Um, And the same thing with your 22-year-old. You need to speak with them very, very, very clearly. Uh, You may not convince them, but they're not going to be convinced of anything without the truth. Tell them the truth, not what you believe, what God says. Um, and if, um, and that contraception is, is it evil? And if they contracept, they're going to be in mortal sin. It's all the same. They cannot do it. They must not live together in any way before marriage or outside of marriage, not even if they were engaged. Um, and you could say, if you don't care about your eternal soul, care about his eternal soul because you're putting him or them on the road as well to hell. Um, So um, she may not want to stay at home till she's ready for marriage. She's 24. Let her go out and find a job and get her own place. But her lifestyle right now, um, she's not Catholic inside. She doesn't believe what the Catholic Church teaches, despite how you've raised her. Um, And so you just need to make it very, very clear to her, not that you're hurt, but that she's putting herself and her fiancé on the road to hell. Um, It's got to be said. You may not convince her, but the Holy Spirit cannot work with truth if they don't have truth given to them. God bless you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.